Say that the podcast. You hear me questions, get real answers. My name is Matt King, and I introduced the right podcast on the first try. This Woo! Go, you did it. We used to have a hundred percent hit rate at that. It has <laughs> tailed off. What's the last been a episode? Long month, folks. But we're back on track. Joining me here also is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA. All right, let's go to the phones. Uh, Edgar from Pacoima, you're on the Say That podcast. We don't have phones. I don't think anyone's named Edgar anymore. I don't think Pacoima is a real place. Okay, yeah, I stand corrected. <laughs> <laughs> so joining us, Jed Brewer, the director of Mission USA Productions. My name could be Edgar. I could have sworn in a in a pre-show meeting we discussed taking calls. No? It's like a live, you know, and then they call in and then not live. Know. Glenn okay. never takes my calls. Is that true? Even when I call from Pacoima. <laughs> Did you do an intentionally Wow, that's a lot of nostril. We also have new mics going on, which technically should have less wind and pop and all that, but Jed is counteracting that by breathing directly into it. I'm sighing as hard as I can. It's an aggressive sigh. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, there's passive aggressive, and then there's aggressive sighing, yeah, which is like really the next level up. We are not this week joined... We're not taking, normally we only take one call on this show. Right. That's a FaceTime call from one Mr. Lee Younger. We're not even taking that call this week because Lee is on special assignment. What? At Young Life's Sharp Top Cove. Oh my goodness. And as much as I miss uh, spending a week surrounded by 500 high school kids in just full animal rage and existence and just teenagery with their, with their plumage and all that. Mm, yeah, yeah. You know, we're going to let, we're going to let Lee handle that and we'll be, we'll be here recording the show. We'll be praying for him. Yeah, I'm sending warm thoughts his direction. Sure, he is in northern Georgia. Send cool thoughts. Yes, because okay. right. it's currently about 98 degrees and 98 percent humidity. Woo! That's the okay. way it rolls. Well, yeah. all right. Well, I think um, let's just let's get down to it. Sure. I mean, without Lee, we don't want to, you know, well, mess Lee's, around. Lee's really the impetus for most of the tomfoolery on this show. We like to right. be serious. That's I, right. Absolutely. Just get right into it. Yeah. Unfortunately, we have a late-breaking emergency. Wait, what? By late-breaking, I mean I just wanted to mention that we actually heard about it a long time ago. Um, we have we have a situation that needs, I think, needs our special brand of gentle, corrective mockery. Ooh. Ooh. Um, so, uh, New Zealand superfan Bridie mm. yeah. uh, drew our attention, maybe the best way to phrase this, sure. to... Something that certainly happened. <laughs> should it have happened? Well, that's really open to debate. The thing that should not be. <laughs> and did I double, triple, quadruple check to make sure this wasn't either Christians satirizing themselves, Babylon B style, or people who really dislike Christians satirizing Christians? Yes. Okay. And best I can tell, this is real. Um, we had tweeted at us a couple who did their uh, their uh, engagement photo shoot. Okay. Is, it's perfectly normal. People do that all the time. Yep, don't really need to. You could stop it at any time. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it's, the world we're living just in... Just less stuff with weddings. If you could just get married and not tell anyone, that would be perfect. Let's do that. That's the new fad, y'all. Get in on that. Lens. Don't Facebook anything about your wedding, and you win. You win wedding. <laughs> because we're all tired of it. We just don't care. Yeah. Oh, uh, Glenn's it's wedding been, planning business is not popular. It's been a long week. But he has an ethos about weddings. He that's really important. does. Um, these folks had their, you know, and it, it's fairly normal stuff. It's two white people standing in literally fields of wheat. Of course it is. Um, we've got a, a Hemley shirt and skinny jeans on the gentleman. Uh-huh. We've got a lovely uh, denim jacket. And leggings on the gal, they, that mm. all seems normal and fine, and you know it's in soft focus and whatnot. Sure, but then there's there's a third party. Uh oh. In this, well, you got two people getting married, so how would you get a third person into this here? Well, Glenn. Well, there's a court of three thousands strands. and thousands of jokes I'm not making. <laughs> okay. And then there's the actual situation, which is we have. I'm going to go out on a limb and assume this is an actor and not okay. the real thing for a number of. Context clues, right. as they would put it. Um, we have a guy dressed as Jesus <laughs> with the sandals, and robes, and the walking staff, right. beard, and long hair. Right. And this is if you grew up with a very white granny, because this is white Jesus, y'all. Ooh. Oh. Um, 
who had maybe a, thanks for nothing yeah, on that semi, by the way semi Aryan there's you know the soft focus picture of Jesus literally holding a lamb with right. very like penetratingly blue eyes yeah, yes, yeah yeah this is this is that Jesus he is he is white he is gentle he is barobed and he is literally in the engagement pictures okay we've got a couple walking down trail not but you're not saying it's like the couple and like somebody photoshopped sort of an opaque image of Jesus like no. floating in the clouds above them, which would be weird, super weird and no. creepy. Mustafa, Mustafa style or whatever yeah. the dad and Lion King's name was. Right, right. I think but, that's right, actually. Mufasa. There you go. Mufasa. Okay, but it's not that. No. It's a guy dressed as white Jesus. Yes, yeah. it's actually there. White Jesus is in the picture with them. Yes. Certainly seems to be. We've got walking down a gravel trail in soft focus, holding hands and talking to Jesus. And I will point out on that one, if you're familiar with photography, there's the rule of thirds. Yes. Um, this one violates that. Jesus is in the dead center of the image. Sure. And the couple is kind of off to the side. Shouldn't right. Jesus be at the center of their marriage, Matthew? Almost certainly. Well, you bring that up. There's a photo of them holding hands, looking in each other's eyes and yes. giggling. as most do. Uh, This one, however, Jesus is in the middle cupping both their hands from the top and the bottom, doing kind of like a, <laughs> yeah. like if you've ever played sports and somebody was going to break it out. Yeah. I not make, I don't make things up. I'm, I'm now showing said picture. image to Glenn. That's um, insane, dude. We've got that. We've got uh, kind of him behind her spooning as we're looking, but Jesus is sitting on a rock, cradling his walking stick. And um, does this Jesus have a blue sash on? Because I really like the blue sash, Jesus. Right. He doesn't have a blue one. sash. He does have a rather uh, stylish, wide, somewhat dark blue belt and a satchel. Well, I like carrying. satchels. Is it a satchel or is it a purse? It could be either one or the other. Is, is one really notably better? Is, is it effectively a Chewbacca satchel? <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay, here's, what, here's where I'm coming in on this one. Tell us. It, this is a horrible idea. Sure. Well, your friends are mocking you behind your back. I want to send that message to these people yes, in this yeah, picture. This is, this is, you tried to be very sincere, and it and got I, away from And I you. mean your Christian friends are mocking totally. you behind your back. Your, your, your unsaved friends think you're insane. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're not coming to the wedding now. Yeah. That's right. But here's the thing. That's all, you know, because everybody's got their taste. Sure. They, people like to party all different kinds of ways. Sure. And who are we to judge? Hey, Absolutely. But here's the here's the person I'm really concerned about. There's a guy. Yes. And he says, I think I just look pretty much just like Jesus. You bring up an important point, Glenn. If we go if we go into the backstory, which right. we didn't look up, because hey, I don't want to know too much about these people because we're gonna mock them roundly. Yeah. That's right. I don't want to humanize them before sure, it happens. Absolutely. And also, this is one of those um it's it the story I make up is going to be funnier to me. Sure, right. I don't know the real story. That's right. Um, how how did this open? Right, is there a guy right. in the town who's known to play Jesus? <laughs> well, yeah, he's 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 somebody, in the pageant. Somebody asked him to dress up like Jesus for the Easter pageant that nobody wanted. Yeah, and then he said to himself, "I think I could full time get. I think I could go pro. Absolutely. It's either that or did a couple just put out a random Craigslist posting for." person to dress like jesus and be in our wedding photo or That's engagement insane. photos right yeah. There. like yeah well which of these is worse a guy who right. does he just is it does this actor just put his resume out to all the engagement photographers in the town and say right. if anybody ever wants to be a real super christian yeah tell them i'll get in there i'll yeah. hold both their hands yeah it'll get we'll get this together well now does, here's what i want to know this is an engagement photo thing. Yes. Does he do other uh, events? Sure, absolutely. Will he show up for your soccer game? Ooh, that's, yes. Kids are playing soccer. Jesus comes up and clearly takes sides with your son's <laughs> soccer team. Yes. I think that's sending a clear psychological message to the opposition. <laughs> sure. That should give you a competitive edge right sure. there. Sure. Can you hire him when your friends who are not Christian have, you know, weddings, funerals, you know, semi-religious events? Right. Can you invite Jesus to go with you to antagonize Just them? walk through. Exactly Absolutely. right. Also, now, here's where it's really coming together. Hit me. Bachelor party. Yes! <laughs> Things are happening that are naughty. Jesus bursts out of the closet. 
and scares the crap vows. out of everybody. You're going to take vows. That's right. Yeah. See, that's that. If you're going to have Jesus involved with a wedding element, yeah, that's undercover, true. that's at least useful. Yeah, that, like he just jumps out and convicts you real yeah. bad. You know. Yeah, I like that's that. what you want. I like that's very that, good. That's, you can make money doing that. Yeah. I'm sure, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. Or if, and I can't believe this hasn't happened. If you're in, uh, if you work for a church that wants to attract more people, right. You're doing the photo shoot with you know the, the people of many ethnicities you know on the lawn or whatever and this mm-hmm. is the thing. Would you not just hire the Jesus actor to just sit in like the second tobacco row in the group shot and never mention it? <laughs> right, right. They just put in the brochure. Yeah, right, right. Just all sorts of people come. It's a picture of the picnic and the children. Hey, who's that guy? Well, you don't know. He just showed up. Yes. Yeah. yeah we just. You know. how, how about this? Now, and I think this is genius right Hit here. Me. If you have. A church, yes, you know, and the pastor has been kind of, you know, hasn't been delivering lately. Yeah, I'm again after it. Put Jesus in the front row. Yes, and if he, if if you know, you give Jesus the high sign, and you know, so he says, well, flower you know, a little bit. Yeah, and if he if he if he clunks it on a point, you know, it just doesn't really deliver. Jesus just starts yelling, "Boo!" Hire Jesus actor to heckle your pastor. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> That's worth every dime of what you're going to pay for that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. They'll make him think twice. I mean, he's going to come with the goods next time. Conversely, if you're a pastor of a church and funds are tight, you know, mm. people, the giving isn't where you want to be. Hire Jesus actor to pass the plate there next you Sunday. Go. There you go. Jesus is handing you the plate. That's you're not right. going to pull out some cash out That's of that right. one. Maybe you get a little, you know, spend a little extra on some SFX makeup and just, yeah. you know, a little crown of thorns. Yeah, that's right. right. That's, that's right. Jesus stand at the back. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's, I think we're coming up with some great marketing ideas. Can we get in on this racket? That's what I want to know. That's a good question. You want to be in people's engagement photos? Well, uh, I think, well, here's the thing. This dude's got the Jesus spot nailed down. So we got to diversify. Oh, I see where you're going. Uh, There's a lot of other biblical figures left over. Sure. So, for example, I could show up at your wedding dressed as Adam. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Especially if it's a summer wedding. You're outdoors. So, that's right. I mean, it's got you got to get quite a breeze going. But This is where yeah. all of Glenn attending formal events with his wife's negotiation starts. That's right. So that's, you know, and then people will feel really like spiritual. Yeah. Sure. It's like Adam's here. It's the original all. covenant. Yeah, it's that's good. Right. Exactly. That's the whole, it's romantic, really, when you think about it. And people could like bring their sketchbooks or whatever. I don't, you know, I don't know. that's up to them. Sure. Okay. <laughs> I could, you know, just sort of uh, strike a pose and whatever. Sure. Like maybe I could be up, up on the altar while they're doing the sure, wedding stuff. Out. Yeah, I'd be up there <laughs> off to the side, you know, just uh, hanging out. So that that's like be careful. Don't let her talk you into anything. Right. Yeah. That's right. It's kind yeah. of just good sage advice. I like that. That's yeah. Right. No, it's yeah. solid. So there, that's that's one down right there. That's good. Absolutely. I think you're 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 opening up a very good vein here in the sense of there are apparently. Some people who want to do, you know, very pristine kind of earnest photo shoots with Jesus. They right. Just, it's just them hanging out with Jesus. That's their vision. That's that's their vibe. That's their aesthetic. And that's cool. We don't want to judge that. Right. Nah. Um, but there are other people who are love Jesus and are on the Christian thing, right. but that's just not really their deal. Yeah. You know, like we have we have the Bridge Loud. We have our rock shows. Sure, a lot yeah. of people who are into that. Yeah. Or yeah. a hip hop mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking maybe like a post-beheading John the Baptist. Yeah, that's right. Sure. Full Walking Dead kind of makeup. Yeah, yeah like If you're it. a little more metal, if you're a little more yeah. goth, that may be a little bit more your speed. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, a post-blinding Samson. Totally. Right? right. But super totally hardcore. swole, though. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I, I think we've, 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 we've cracked it. You yeah, know, that's right. A, because with all these emergencies, it really, in many ways, comes down to how can we get more of that sweet, sweet cash? Exactly. Yes. By getting in on that that particular racket. Sure. Because this dude's making money. He's getting in wedding photos. Sure, absolutely. One imagines. I mean, you know, it's a white floor length robe. He's got to have be able to afford several of those. Absolutely. Longer. Right. Right. So, uh, because this is what I know. With if you're doing a wedding, yeah, 
you just make up a number and they pay it. That's exactly That's right. That's true. So this is, you know, he's driving a, a Turns Lexus, out flowers you know? don't cost tens of thousands of dollars. You can just pick flowers. <laughs> That's right. Well, and Chicago, I mean, it's a big theater town. There's a lot of great, I mean, a sexual yeah, serious thing. There's a lot sure. of great actors in this yeah, town. That's right. So I think say that biblical character appearances. Right. Yes. You just, you know, you tell us what you want right. and we'll find the right the presentation. We'll get it totally all squared away. Right. I mean, it'll be for a hefty fee, of course. Sure. Very hefty. Very Hefty. Very, very hefty. But, you know, we got you covered, man. That's right. We know That's what's right. up. That's right. You know, Moses will show up to the wedding and yeah. talk about adultery. You know. Exactly right. He'll point to the tablet where, and show you where it's at on there. Exactly right. Written in English, and he's white holding it up. Sure. Well, you've got... And also, he, he can part the dance floor when it's yes. time for the processional. That's very good. you got Moses. you got the other side. When it's time, and we've all been at these weddings, we've all done these people, where, you know, the... The bride and groom have done the run. They're in the thing. They drove off. There's still people kind of just still hanging out right. at the party. You can get Pharaoh to cast them out. Right. <laughs> now, here's how about this. You know how they at these uh, at these weddings, they do the dancing, and they do the balloon drop? Sure. Plague of frogs. Boom. Oh, I totally. love that. It just comes down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm talking live frogs. <laughs> Absolutely. You don't okay. want to go cheap on the effects. No, man. this is a wedding. This is yeah. the most important day of your life, yeah. I guess. <laughs> yes. Those frogs don't come it, cheap. Wedding yeah. frogs cost far more than normal frogs. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you, you Don't gotta, tell the guy you're buying the frogs from this for a wedding. He'll jack up the price you, on you it. Will, exactly you right. will regret for the rest of your life if you don't go with the top flight frog. For Absolutely. Your, for your Absolutely. Plague of frogs frog drop. Sure, sure. Turn your punch bowl to blood, the whole thing. Yeah, Whatever that's it right. used to be. Yeah, yeah, you put a chemical in there, yeah. turns the blood. You're doing the whole plagues right there, dude. Exactly right. Locusts, you know, get the locusts in there. <laughs> sure. I mean, come on now. It's a party. If yeah. You, if you're just swatting locusts, you know, this is something. Say that biblical experiences. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. There's kind of, you know, the improv everywhere kind of thing. There's guys who are like, yeah, well, they'll just, a scene will just happen on a train or whatever. It, it's plagues just yeah. happening in real life. Yeah. 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 That's our artistic expression. Maybe having the, uh, the wedding by a nice lake or a river or something, and we'll we'll find somebody to build you a beast of seven heads who yeah, will rise sure, out of yeah. that when it's time to go. We yeah. got you covered. No, you're absolutely right. I think we can safely declare emergency off and mm. oh, thank goodness. business strategy on. Yes. As Glenn going to mention there, of course, it's true that in many ways, the, the meta emergency, the greater emergency, the overarching emergency, is our lack of cash. That's always true. That's really the main emergency. Of course, we have a way... To deal with that, and that is, the more people sign up for Bridgebox, the quicker we can get to these fine ideas. Indeed. Hmm. The quicker we can get to, you want to have more of a hip-hop flavor wedding? We will have a guy dressed up as early Solomon in yeah. his finery. Right. Just rolling through your wedding. Yeah. You He'll do a walkthrough. Putting his, totally. Yeah. His club style, he will put his blessing on that. You can put it on the flyer. Yes. It'll be great. Do you prefer the Queen of Sheba? We'll arrange for her to come. No doubt. And but until then, until we have, you know, because it takes a certain amount of capital Absolutely. to get these kind of things going. So until then, we'll continue to hire some part-time employees to work in our ministry, products from our ministry that help us out with getting people jobs, getting people fed, getting our host teams lined out, all the amazing things that your Bridgebox money helps us do. You can sign up at missionusa.com slash Bridgebox, and every month you will get songs, sermons, Bible studies, and more based around a topic. We are just entered June. The topic this month is, what does God want me to think about sex? Ooh. And you can hear, I believe as we mentioned on a previous show, me get booed. At the bridge <laughs> for mentioning that God is against lust. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure why I had to, why we had to kill the messenger on that one. <laughs> right. But it happened. You can hear it. Yeah. You can also hear Glenn uh, give a lovely sermon about sex and not get booed at yeah. any point. There you go. Because, you know, he's been around a little longer. Maybe he's earned that. Sure. That's, that's entirely fair. But you can check all that out at missionusa.com slash bridgebox. We'll move on to our first question here. This came in anonymously, and it says, Right now, my country is at war with terrorists. I don't know if you heard about this already. We have. Um, yes. It was, it was in the news. I will say that the, we don't want to give too many details, but this is not a person from the United States, just so we're clear on what we mean by we mean an actual a government has declared war on a known terrorist entity. This is a yeah, shooting right. war. But I really want to ask why God is doing this. I'm aware that no one can really answer this, but I guess I'm just looking for comfort or some justice into what is happening. I'm living overseas from my home country, so I'm so far away from all that stuff, but it still makes me feel so overwhelmed with grief. Now, Glenn, I'd love to get you to start us off. Now, of course, the person points out the question, and thankfully, because we didn't have to say this, that there's we're not going to... I hate to disappoint you, dear listener. We're not going to get to the bottom of why God allows war, nor right. terrorism, right. nor death. But 
there's a lot of you know stuff going on in the world. There's always been a lot of stuff going on in the world. So what what do we look for to comfort in these explanations kind of things? Well, I think really your your question here encapsulates everything that we look at when we're trying to speak to grief. You know, you're you're saying here, uh, uh, you know, I want to know why God's doing this. Uh, I, but I'm aware that nobody can answer that. But I'm looking for comfort, and then also justice, and I'm overwhelmed with grief. So yeah. you you've covered the whole range of it, sort of uh, on your own. You got it all. <laughs> uh, I mean, just for a counseling situation, we'd basically be doing a lot of nodding. That's exactly right. Uh, you that shows how sharp you are, really, uh, uh, that you can see where these uh, where these lines are being drawn. That. And uh, ultimately, as as you're pointing out here, there's a tendency uh, to want to look for answers and uh, philosophical truths and to have breakthroughs in that area when that would not give you comfort, and comfort is really what we want for you. Yeah. That's, that's the, the thing of this. If you're not involved in the military decisions of your country, then, you know, there's very little we can do by giving you perspective on the nature of whether this is a righteous war or not, et cetera, and so on. Um, I think the the first thing, though, for you, if I'm just zooming in on your grief as as you're asking me about this, uh, I think the, problem number one is waiting for the world around us to be okay so we can be okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, you know, it's great if you live in a, a culture and a country where everything is working out and there is no real crisis and so on and so forth. But if you're in a situation where there's any kind of heavy-duty chaos, there's any kind of uh, abuse going on, uh, if there's any kind of a, a ongoing trauma that you're dealing with, uh, what you're looking to do is to try and find a way to find peace within an a, a utterly chaotic and utterly negative and destructive situation. Uh, you're you're not solving that problem. You're really holding your ground and keeping that problem from overwhelming you. Mm. Doing that would give you strength, and that strength will, will be something that God uses for other things in your life, and that's down the road, so that's the future. Uh, but for right here, right now, we have to recognize that peace does not depend on the circumstances. Our Our emotions are generally controlled by our circumstances you know if i if i win the lottery i tend to feel better you know that's that's a circumstance for a while yeah for for a while exactly right emotions are fleeting you know if you burn my house down then i'm going to feel pretty bad those are circumstances these are these are physical uh, elements of our lifestyle of our surroundings and so forth and they affect our emotional well-being but peace doesn't work that way we ask for peace and we we receive peace and peace comes into our heart and and it does its work whether the circumstances allow for you to be peaceful or not you know mm-hmm. it, it's 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 creating a, a a peace within that joy works the same way you can you can't be happy it'd be weird to be happy when everything's going wrong but you can have a joy within you that's fighting that's that's happening despite what's going on around you uh, last point and I'll send this over to Jed is uh, I think we spend a lot of time as Christians uh, trying to think of this world as a wonderful place. Yeah. And uh, I, no question we need to be thankful for, the, for the, what we're given in our physical lives. And we need to take care of what we're giving in terms of the environment, in terms of our physical bodies, in terms of the place where we live, all these different kinds of things. But it has to be said, and I can't emphasize this enough this world sucks it sucks bad it sucks all the time sometimes it sucks super super bad and sometimes it's not so bad so the contrast between those seems like there's something unfair going on or whatever but it all sucks and and when but the, the the good news is that god does not and the good news is the world that we're heading to next does not i think that's absolutely right that's fantastic stuff and jed i'd love to get you to pick up on uh, kind of something Glenn was saying there's starting off points. I think he's absolutely right, but it can feel emotionally weird. This idea of not waiting for everything to be okay to be okay. Mm-hmm. As Glenn is pointing out, um, things like exactly what's going on in this question and things that are going on around the world are bad. Yeah. They are they are hurting people, especially if you're uh, lucky enough to be overseas from it. They're hurting people who aren't you. Yeah. So there, I wonder if there can feel like an odd selfishness or disrespect or disconnection in 
trying to work to get to a place that you're okay. Mm. But I think that's an important thing to do. And I'd love for you to walk through maybe why that's important and a couple of practical steps we can do to start on that journey. Right, 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 right. There's an old phrase uh, that I think it definitely applies here. And the phrase goes, it is better to light a candle than to curse the darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, if you listen to this show, uh, you've heard us many times talk about the importance of venting. That when things are wearing on you, it's important to to express that, to have a place and hopefully multiple places where you can be honest and say, this is hurting me, this is messing with me, this is killing me, this is... And that's good. It's essential to a healthy emotional life to be able to vent out when things are bothering you. But the funny thing is that's very different than complaining. Um, complaining and venting are not the same thing, even a little bit. Uh, you know, venting is a necessary part of really just honesty about your situation so that you can, you know, uh, do the things you need to do. Complaining is just complaining. I think you're absolutely right. Can you maybe uh, break that down for us just a little more in the sense of, I think one of the important aspects the difference between those is venting is intended to be over. Yes. Complaining, on the other hand, can sometimes just gain some momentum and go on forever, right? Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. Well, it's funny you mentioned that. Uh, w- one of the most beautiful things that that my wife Hallie does when we're talking, when I'm going through a rough time is there's a point where I'm venting. There's a point where I am, you know, I'm being honest. I'm saying this situation really bothers me and it's really weighing on me. I'm concerned about it. Maybe I'm angry about it. It's, it's a thing. And again, that is good. Everybody needs a place where they can do that, where they can get stuff out. But then at a certain point, I'm starting to actually just wind myself up. Mm-hmm. I've, I've gone from unburdening myself, which is the point of venting, of getting stuff off of my chest so that I can take a hold of some peace and I can take a hold of some joy and some contentment, to actually I'm beginning to increase the burden level. I'm actually going from getting you know kind of progressively less upset to getting more upset. And um, Hallie, because she's amazing, will point out, I think you're winding yourself up now, just so you know, mm. uh, which is that's it's great to have someone that can point out in that yeah. moment. But per your point about complaining is complaining doesn't have an end, right? right? The point of venting has an end in that I have I have analyzed to the full. I have expressed to the full my feelings about this situation. I have I have said them out loud. I have expressed them. Now it is time for something new. That may be receiving wisdom about the situation. That may be receiving peace about the situation. It will almost certainly be ultimately taking action as it relates to the situation. But step one was expressing my feelings and my thoughts and concerns. Now we're moving on to other steps. The thing about complaining is it doesn't have an end. There, there isn't a point where I have, com- I have complained sufficiently so that I may do something else. I may receive something. And complaining just keeps going. Does that track? Does that yes. make sense what I'm saying? Well, here's why I go through all that is... When we meditate on the fact that the world really sucks, and Glenn's right, it it really does a lot, it's very easy for that to become, without us intending it, actually just complaining. Just, uh, uh, hey, y'all, the world sucks. Did you know that? Because it super does. That doesn't go anywhere. That doesn't help you. That doesn't help the people that are suffering. That doesn't make the world a better place. It doesn't improve your condition or your emotional health. It, it just, um, It's just a snake eating its tail. That's all it is. At a certain point, I think if we want to have any level of emotional health, we have to go one of two directions. We either have to say, I need to construct a life where I just don't think about these negative things. I just, I, I'm just insulated from them and I don't think about them. And that doesn't sound very Christian and you're right. The other option is say, I'm going to do something. I'm going to take some form of action that will make the world a better place. And that's where that thing, it's better to light a candle than to curse the darkness comes from. When people talk about cursing the darkness, it's just complaining. You're saying, gosh, this darkness is awful. Lighting a candle is creating some small amount of light. So in your situation, you can't stop a war. You're not a general. You're not a politician. You don't have that power. But you can actually do something about real suffering that other people are facing. You can feed hungry people. You can visit lonely people. You can um, be a part of caring for sick people. You can be a part of helping homeless people. There's a lot that you can do. And there's great peace to be had in knowing I haven't solved all the world's problems, but I've done something. I've done something to make this world a measurably, demonstrably better place, even if it's just for one person in one moment. I think that's absolutely right. It's, It's very important to have those things to move on to. I think one of the obstacles that might stop people from doing this is kind of exactly where Glenn started us. Of Glenn, when you started us off, you talked about grieving. I think that's yeah. a very important lens to understand this through in the sense of 
in a weird way, whether you're, whether you're someone you're close to dies or you get a parking ticket or global war, grieving really is kind of the same process. As you were pointing out, the things this person does the question about, you know, uh, inventing that anger, then understanding that you may not get an answer and then looking for ways to move on. That's, that's kind of a similar process in all these things. I think one of the things that may trip people up on these things that feel very big is it feels in the same way Jeb was describing there a little, it feels odd to say, I'm going to apply the same strategies for personal things to this kind of stuff. Cause really mm-hmm. what we're de- what Jeb's talking about there with uh, lighted candles, post curse to darkness is deal with how this affects you. That yeah. is, that is kind of all you can deal with. Yeah. So let's try to do that in a healthy way. I, and it's very odd to me that, when things get on this level of, you know, and things we're, we're certainly not trying to downplay the awfulness of things like terrorism and war. And we, we all have, uh, we all know people personally who've been affected by those things and it's, it's terrible, but there does seem to be a moment where people and Christians can fall into this as well, give themselves license to say this, my feelings about this thing overwhelm all other, mm-hmm. yeah. including scripture, yeah. including what Jesus says about things, you know, with Ephesians four, you know, Paul says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. So people people who are perfectly willing to say, well, in my life with my spouse, I will that I, I understand that's true. I understand that James says, you know, anger does not lead to the kind of life that God wants for me. So I can't go around being angry all the time. But when you throw them something like a world event or politics or something, they say, well, no, you have to be angry. It's it's awful. We can't let people do that to us. You have to, mm-hmm. you have to I have to remain angry about that. Yeah. Anger is the way to process that. And anger, in the same way that venting is very different from complaining just holding on to anger is very different from grieving. Yes. Those are very different processes. In the same way, all the things the Bible says about we're not supposed to live in fear and fear doesn't lead to the kind of thing God wants to do and pull that off. There are people who say, well, yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate that on certain levels, but if it's, you know, the security of our nation or something that might happen to my child, or there comes a level where mm-hmm. fear is the only thing that makes sense. This is way too big. And what, Glenn and Jed are pointing you there is very important to wrap your mind around, especially if, if you're maybe a young person or you're someone who's just kind of trying to start to keep up with the news and you've never really processed these kind of big level things before is in a way it is important to focus on what you, on yourself in the sense of what you can do, not necessarily how does this affect me, but what can I do about my situation with this? And also to not see this as something that is wholly different than anything else in the world. You yeah. Know, the things scripture has to say about peace as uh, Glenn was talking about and about kind of love and serving people as Jeb was talking about, those apply just as much to these huge meta things as it does to things in your everyday life. And one of the ways you can start getting, you talk about being overwhelmed, which certainly makes sense. We've all been there. One of the ways you can move past that overwhelming feeling is to try to see things that way. If, what does the Bible say about the way I'm supposed to do that? And how does this look and things I can do today? And that will, uh, it's not going to solve any of these problems, but it will, uh, we can say from personal experience, really help your mindset and your relationship with the Lord around that. So we're going to move on to our second question here. It came in anonymously. It's a little on the longer side, but we have some time, and I think it's a very good question, so I want to make sure you get all the background. This person wrote in and says, Recently, I was listening to one of your older podcasts as you discussed how to communicate the gospel to unbelievers. You talked about the value of, quote, spending 10 minutes on a 10-minute sermon, unquote, and using language that is in an elementary school level as to have people understand it. Well, at first, this is valid and beautiful. Can you speak to that moment when people are spurred on to gain more insight into the thing, things like Christianity and the tension of growing in knowledge versus keeping things simple and digestible? I've heard other people talk about the importance of learning the complex things of Christianity and talking about the value of learning the big words of Christianity and things like propitiation, sanctification, and justification. And what they say is that just like any other sphere in life, sports, learning an instrument, getting a degree in something, there's a time, place, and value of learning the language of that new field in the same way there's a call to put ourselves in a place where Christian walk, where we may be required to do hard things and learn new things, maybe even complicated things about our beliefs, even though we are saved with a faith the size of a mustard seed. So again, it's a very, it's a very good question. There's a lot of layers there, so I'll break that down a little bit more before I kick it around. So one of the, the main aspects I'd like to start us off with looking at this is, and I, I responded to this person offline, and I mentioned this, that part of the tension they seem to be speaking to is um, a difference between ministry and academics. Mm. So mm-hmm. there are people who talk about the, you know, knowing what propitiation and sanctification and justification, all that is, can be valuable in certain contexts. Um, and by the way, we, we all know what those words means. We, we've 
every one of us, it's to our great, uh, to our great shame, owns a copy of Systematic Theology. Right. You got to have something to go look up to the, get sure. the right word and all that stuff. But that's not ministry. Right. Ministry is kind of more applying that to someone's life. I think part of what we're looking at here is, well, isn't there a time to deepen your own understanding, which is absolutely true, but maybe that doesn't look like deepening your understanding in an academic sense. Jed, let me just start us off with, if deepening your understanding of the gospel, deepening your walk through Christ, isn't about reading the next chapter or getting deeper, then sure. what is it actually about? That's a great question, and I really love the heart behind this question. You know, I, I love the desire of, I want to go deeper, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, how do I do that? I think that's fantastic. What I can tell you is that in, in my experience, um, I have almost always really, really gained insight by doing. That's, that's how I've, I've gone deeper with the Lord. So what I've experienced is that Christianity is far more of a thing that you live than a thing that you know. Yeah. Um, and as, you know, kind of to encapsulate that, Jesus told people, follow me. He, he didn't say, know things about me. That's, mm-hmm. that's actually a pretty important distinction. Um, and actually, if you look at it, he had pretty harsh words for people whose main emphasis was the things they knew um, as opposed to the things that, that they did. And to be clear, we're not talking about works righteousness here. I think that's one of the things that particularly for folks in the Reformed world can, can get them into trouble. But we are talking about Jesus has a life that he wants us to live. He has an adventure that he wants mm-hmm. us to, to go on. And if you want to go deeper, then you have to take the next step on that adventure. Um, reading another paragraph on the travel guide about that adventure doesn't take things deeper. Uh, you, we got to go on the adventure. Um, you know, a really easy way to think about this, uh, you know, you mentioned all these other disciplines, right? So an easy way to think about this is cooking. You can read all the cookbooks in the world. You can, you can watch Alton Brown and Good Eats and, and Iron Chef and everything, but you're not much of a chef until you actually cook something. I right, mean, right. until you put a pan on the stove and, you know, apply heat to food, you, you don't really know anything. My hypothetical foie gras is just delicious. It's yeah, the yeah. best, right? You know, I mean, it's uh, at the end of the day, if I go to a restaurant, I want food from somebody that's cooked a lot of food. Right, that's I, right. I don't really care where they studied culinary arts right. or if they studied culinary arts. Right, I right, mean, right. I, I care about the, the product, man. Can you, right. can you cook something? You know, similarly, you mentioned um, learning a musical instrument. That's something I know actually quite a bit about. So... Um, I've studied not a small amount of music theory, and it is, and that's the technical stuff. That's the academic stuff behind right. music, right? right? In the same way that theology is the academic stuff behind ministry. Music theory is useful. It, it's a useful framework. It's a useful background to have. But it is not a substitute for taking a guitar and walking out onto a stage and playing it in front of people. Right. These, these, are, these are two completely different things. It turns out you can do the walking on a stage and playing guitar without studying music theory. Mm-hmm. At a certain point, if you want to become a better and better and better guitar player, you probably do need a little bit of it, at least at some point. But you can actually, oddly, you can study all the music theory in the world without ever once performing. Well, the guy who's played guitar on stage is the musician. The guy who's studied it, he might have a real expertise, and that's cool, but He's actually not much of a musician. That's just not how, how this works. But here's the thing that, that I would put to you, and it's something that I would encourage you to think about, is people have a way of focusing, finding the answer in the thing that doesn't scare them. That's the thing that they have a way of focusing on. In other words, if you're scared to talk to other people, maybe you're shy, and that's okay, or maybe you haven't done a lot of it, maybe you're not sure how, then... It's easy to say, I want to go deeper. I'm going to find a way to go deeper that doesn't involve talking to other people, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, I'm really into music, but I'm super scared to get up on a stage. So I'm going to try and find a way to go deeper in music that isn't me getting up on a stage right. and performing because right. I'm scared. Here's the thing I want to encourage you on. Do the thing you're afraid of. Right. Get out there and do it. Whether it's asking somebody out, getting up on a stage and playing a song, talking to another human being about Jesus do it. Yeah. Do that thing. God will go with you. He'll give you what you need. But that's where the fun is. Mm-hmm. You asked where the depth is. Forget about that for a second. Look at the fun. The fun is in the doing. Right. That's right. If, if you're not sure, do. Have fun. If you start doing and having fun, you'll discover a depth you didn't realize was possible. And that's right. the thing that we want for you. Right. Yeah, and that's absolutely right. And Glenn, I'd love to get you to pick us up there. Jed, um, 
it's a lot of great stuff there. One of the things I think is an interesting focus is this idea of uh, where to focus to get, reach the goal you have. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's great for someone to be a professor of music theory if their goal is to teach sure. music theory and write about you know the history of music and all that stuff. That's great. Um, if your goal is to get on stage and knock out an electric guitar solo, then maybe knowing a lot about twelve uh, tone scales is not that useful. Yeah, right. In the same way, we're not we're not trying to downplay academics as a good thing and an important thing, but I think part of the thing we're pointing to is it may have an outsized role in some people's view of what. Right, the kingdom is right, as right. Jed saying, and there's some people, and we know them, uh, lovely people, love the Lord, have just a real mind for either theology or an original language or something, and they should not be on the mic. Yep, right. holy crap, is that not their giftedness? We're not mm-hmm. really talking about giftedness here. We're talking about right. there's something I feel like God wants to. I want I want to go deeper, and God wants to teach me and show me. And I think part of to Jed's point there about not people not wanting to do things that scare them. I think there's this idea of first I need to understand. And then I need to do. Right. And that is the right order of things. I'm not sure if that's really the Christian order to do things in. It, it isn't. Uh, we're, we're trying to, you know, we're trying to kind of thread the needle here because there is a, a, a version of this thinking that's great that almost never happens. <laughs> and all the rest of it is insanely wrong. So we're trying to kind of zoom in on the, the, the stuff that... So let's do that. Let's zoom in on the, the right way of looking at this. Let's be positive. Let's be positive. And then later we'll get to the stuff where we, we, we crap on things. That's after the mics turned off. <laughs> Here's the thing. Is if you say to yourself... Say, for example, um, you are reading in the book of Corinthians and you want to pull up a Wikipedia page about the, the, the history of the city of Corinth... What you're going to do is you're going to find a lot of cool little nuggets and little angles to that. And then when you go back and read those verses and you learn a little bit about what Paul was doing and what was going on in there, it's going to come to life. It's going to become more three-dimensional to you. You'll be able to literally picture it in your mind. If you get into the, the study of the original languages, you get into Greek, there are things inside the, the language of that Greek that just start to make this verse take life. It's not that it would change it. It's not that you would go from a shallow understanding to a deep understanding. It's not that you'd go from being a not great Christian to a great Christian. It would take that word and make it live for you and breathe, and you'll be able to communicate it, I think, in a, in a richer way, where it's really coming to life. Yes, you would probably be a, a, a bit more accurate in some small details with that, uh, but it would really be just to uh, take that interest and have it come alive. What I'm just describing there is really rarely what happens when people uh, get into reading about their faith. It, it's, there's, that stuff is out there. There's a lot of good stuff on that. There's, if you read a Max Lucado, maybe he has a, a he'll weave in a piece of history into this thing, and it gives you a perspective, a cultural That's a, information. A lot of the stuff behind Eugene Peterson's books exactly. is, is just expert-level knowledge of the original languages and how yeah. that gives yep. color to things. Yeah, that stuff's great. And we all love that. We all do that. We, this, is, this is fantastic. But that's not really what you're talking about in this question. What you're talking about in this question is there's a, there's a basic and fundamental understanding of Christianity that is simple. It is, it's the faith of a mustard seed. It's the, the widow with a lost coin. It's the prodigal son that returns. These stories are dirt simple. You can tell them to a seven-year-old, whatever. But you say, now I need to go beyond that to the deep stuff, to the good stuff, to where we're really getting into this, and now we're getting into a next level of Christianity. None of that involves academics. None of that involves academics. And a deeper academic knowledge of that often, as Jed is hinting at, becomes a dodge. It's yeah. a way to not engage with what's really going on here. The, the truth is that the more complicated we make this thing, the further we're getting from the heart of it. Yeah. The, that's, the, if, you, if, you want, if, you're, if you're in favor of $10 words, I'll give you a $10 word on that. That's esoteric. Ooh. And, uh, and, and the more esoteric you get, you're, you're getting more obscure, you're getting more further out on the fringes of what Christianity really is and is all about. Um, but here's, here's the other element of this thing that, that, that we're trying to address, and that is that 
I think when you're sitting in the pews and you're hearing a sermon on Sunday morning, I think there's a part of you that just feels like I want to go to the next level with this. I want to, sure. mm-hmm. you know, I want to take this to a higher place here. I want to hit the, the next uh, plateau in my walk. And you you look at the clergy perhaps and you say, well, there that's an academic thing that got them to that. So maybe, and if I read the books and whatever have you. I would get to wherever that place is. But here's, let me just give you a bit of a behind the scenes. People listen to this podcast know I speak with pastors, work with them, do a bit of training, coaching, uh, counseling. We work, we talk with the seminary leaders, uh, leaders in denominations. I have never, in a 30-year career, I have never, ever, ever, ever had a pastor say the word propitiation to me in conversation. Sure. I have never, ever had a theological discussion of any kind with any pastor in my life where they're not bringing it up to me, I'm not bringing it up to them. 0.0% of those conversations had anything to do with doctrine, with theology, with did you read this egg-headed dude with the thing, with the fancy $10 words? Never. What they want to talk about 100% of the time is um, I've got somebody in my church, and they have a crisis, and they have a struggle, and... What do I tell them? What do I tell them? You know, my church is going through a thing, and I'm trying to put together a sermon series on that, and I don't know what to tell them. And there's this verse that I feel like it applies, but I don't quite know how to bring that out and how to explain it. Yeah. I tried yelling propitiation and then running away, and it didn't work. Yeah. That's, you know, so (laughs) these are... Um, if you want to know, it, it is in the application, but part of what the point that Jed is making here is that um, that you have to engage in it to really be part yeah. of it, to grow in it, and so on and so forth. But here's the problem that, that we need to point out. You read uh, uh, the, the cookbook by the famous chef because he's cooked a lot of stuff, and he's really amazing. Yeah. When you read a Christian book, those people haven't done yes. squat. They have not done anything. Yeah. They've just gotten and read and things, and now they're regurgitating the stuff that they've read. But that's if you want to become an academic, if your goal is to just get a PhD in obscure uh, biblical, uh, which is fine, uh, that's fine. But if your goal is, I want to take this to the next level, I want to be part of the kingdom, I want to really progress in this thing, you have to talk to people who've actually done stuff, and I think that's that's the tension we've got on this. You know, one thing that I think should be added in, because I think it may add some some context to this discussion. So I come from a super sciencey family. Um, we uh, The number of PhDs in my immediate family is freakish. I'm actually by far the least educated person in my family, which is hilarious to me. But we have... Went uh, to some cow college in uh, Evanston. Exactly, right. right. Total nonsense. So uh, we got physicists and chemists and roboticists and engineers and, you know, lawyers. We, we got the whole thing. And, I mean, there's a lot of jargon. If you think there's jargon in theology... Welcome to physics. Right, uh, right. We, but Law is all jargon. That's how they make their money. Exactly. That's the whole thing. But here's what um, I can tell you, having, I've done a variety of things in a variety of contexts and, and you know, being both friends with and related to a lot of very accomplished people in very technical fields. If you can't explain a concept in the way that a five-year-old child would understand it, you don't understand it. Amen. Yep. I want to repeat that. If you can't explain a concept in the way that a five-year-old child could understand it, you don't understand That's it. That's what it's all about. Uh, and that uh, that applies to the world of theoretical particle physics. That's right. It yeah. applies to law. It applies to chemistry. It applies to music. If it applies to all those things, it definitely applies to theology. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's nothing wrong with big words. I like a big word here and there. Sure. Um, and among professionals as shop talk shorthand, that's fine. It's no problem. But if you can't break it down in small words, you don't understand it. It's a very important point. Go ahead, John. Real, real quick, I, I want to toss in uh, Matthew 21. Uh, it's one of our favorite uh, uh, parables that Jesus talks about, the parable of uh, two sons. He says, uh, you know, the father tells one son to go into the field and do a thing, and he says, yes, sir, I will do that, and then he goes Sounds and, super! Yeah, he gives the exact right response. It is a blessing to do your will, O father! Yes, and then he goes out and does nothing. The other son says, you know, he asks the son, the other son to go and do the thing. And that son says, I don't know, I'm not going to do that. I don't feel like that. You know? But then later he thinks better of it, and then he goes out and does it. Now, here's the thing about that. We can work out clearly 
that sometimes we're doing the venting that Jed was talking about in the last question. And once we get past that, you, you get to the stuff that's underneath, which is, no, God's been good to me, and I, I got a lot to be thankful for, so let me go and do the thing I'm supposed I'm to do. Anybody else, but in my life, there's a lot less, thy will be done, and more fine. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. And that's he's bringing that out, that sometimes that, that the venting of the reluctance of that is actually part of doing the thing in the mm. long run. Uh, so we get that out of that, that, that verse. But here's what Jesus says in that story. He tells that story and he says, which one did the will of the Father? He's, he, there's a lot there's of things... only one right answer here. <laughs> That's right. I mean, it's, it's self-evident. Only one of them did the thing. He's saying there's the people who do it, and then there's the people who talk about it in the exact right way. That could not be a clearer contrast. And, uh, you know, I think if you're looking to have a hero or mentor or any of that, or you were trying to move to the next level, it's about getting yourself in front of people who are doers. What has this person done in terms of a ministry career? Absolutely right. And that goes back to that distinction between what do you want to do here? If the goal is to uh, grow in your walk, then you need to look at someone whose walk you admire. You can't admire someone's walk if you've never met them. Mm -hmm. um, if your goal is to just you know think on a different level or have a cool vocabulary, then there's nothing wrong with any of this stuff. Talking about mm -hmm. a couple of points to end us on here. One Jed mentioned, and it's I think it is an important one and worth uh, fully uh, pulling out. There, kind of shop talk and jargon and Christianese and all that stuff has a purpose applied directly. Yep. I, I was mentioning someone earlier when they were asking some, a very similar question of, we have people all the time, all the time at the bridge, on a weekly basis, who either will say out loud or respond to something in a sermon in a way that belies that one of the points is, I don't think I can move on in this way because I don't think God has actually forgiven me for what I've done. I think I'm still a screw-up, and I see myself that way, and if God sees me that way, then the cool thing you're talking about isn't for me. It is incredibly important and vital to our ministry to be able to explain that God has declared you as a righteous person, and that is the end of it. It's important yep. to be able to point to those verses mm -hmm. and explain how that works, mm -hmm. how he sees Jesus, the righteousness of Jesus, your sin, and break that down on an entirely biblical level. Right. Now, if we're talking about that at lunch, we won't go into all those words. We'll say, well, we need to talk about justification. Right. That's a shorthand. That mm -hmm. is that is a, a shop talk term. Mm -hmm. Using justification, the word justification, there's nothing magic about it. Right. It's a very important concept, but as, right. as these guys are pointing out, if you can't explain that concept in a way that connects with the person you're talking to, then just knowing it isn't actually useful. Mm -hmm. I'm much like Jed. I grew up around a lot of academics and very smart people and engineers and stuff, and they cannot explain things to me, a simple caveman, right. in a way that I can do it then we have a, we're not going to get this thing done. Yep. Right, that's right. Bless his heart. Uh, my grandfather was at, worked at the Oak Ridge National Lab, and very smart guy, and chemical engineer, and he spent half his life explaining things to me and saying, well, you got to go, and, and me staring blankly at him saying, put that in there, turn it right. right. Okay, yeah. now <laughs> I'm helping. Yeah. Right, right, right. But you kind of have to start there, and that, that bleeds into the, the point I want to notice on here, which is exactly what Glenn is talking about there is there is a way to structure your life that this stuff all placates together mm -hmm. and to study everything left, right and center, and then try to go do it is not useful almost to the point of being counterproductive mm -hmm. as in anything. Jed was comparing this to, to asking someone out or all that stuff. The more you build it up in your head, the less you're able to react to things on the fly, the less you're able to let the situation dictate what you're doing. And that's when you can get into some really, uh, bad bordering on offensive ministry Yeah, when people just go out and declare things without mm -hmm. kind of anything. Um, you want to, and I'll, I'll use the scripture in this, it's, it's great to get up every morning and kind of read through a book and see how that applies to your life. And that's, that's great. That's a fantastic mm -hmm. thing to do. One of the things you may find that changes if you start doing these things we're talking about, going down to the soup kitchen, helping the children's ministry, whatever, is you will be confronted with situations where you will be so confused or angry or whatever that you will need the Bible. Yep. You will need to go right. find a verse story in the Bible that applies to your situation as opposed to reading a Bible thing and then trying to find situations to which that applies. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm not speaking for anybody else, but for me, that second way is a lot more effective Yeah. yeah. to say, okay, here's the issue. We're putting a sermon together or it's a Sunday school lesson or it's just, I'm going to have a conversation with this person. I now desperately have to go to the Lord yeah. and find some scripture that applies yeah. to this. That, and that's uh, totally a good thing. A parallel to that is, so uh, had the uh, immense 
uh, privileged to be in the United Kingdom, like on vacation a couple years ago. And it's one of those things where I'm a huge history nerd, I'm a huge British history nerd. I had read all about all these places I was. I have since read stuff, having been there first, and then reading about London or Edinburgh. It's just, it's not necessarily better. It's just a different thing to say, yeah, yeah. okay, well, they were here looking, facing east, and, oh, I know where that is, and right. that's really not that far from yeah, this yeah, other place yeah, they went yeah. to. That's yeah. that's crazy. It's yeah. not, uh, nece- again, it's not necessarily a better way to do it, but it just gives you that different layer of understanding mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. seeing something and then reading about it mm-hmm. is really the best way to do that if you yeah. have the option. Yeah. And the good news about your faith is you always have that option to yep. go do a thing, then do the reading afterwards. And that's what good academics should be all about. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the great academics and Glenn and I both studied history and I know it's the same for jet and engineering. They are on site. Yeah. Yep. They universities spend a lot of money flying people who write books to places yep. so they can see it. And that's, that is true for us as well. Are right, we going to tag that question kind of into this last one? This will be a little shorter thing. We've, we've done this kind of thing before and, but it's been a while and I think it's a good time to re-up it, especially in light of the previous question, or, or someone wrote in and said, I'd love to hear the podcast crew throw out some resources, books, podcast speakers, pastors, churches that they love and value. How, what are some great referrals? How do you guys go to fill up your tank after being emptied out? Who is your go-to when you need your soul refreshed? And where have you found yourself trusting as resources? So we'll, we'll go around and give a few, but Glenn, I'd love to get you to start us off with maybe giving a little context. I have a feeling that are the this the person writing this question maybe is exactly what you're saying last question looking for things like books and speakers and mm-hmm. uh, Christian uh, celebrities to fill roles they can't necessarily fill so it just you know the the couple minute version of what should we look for from things like books and sermons and whatnot mm-hmm. and then what are some good ones well yeah I, and I think uh, Jed's made this point uh, previously uh, on the podcast of figure out what it is that you want to do uh, as a Christian and then f- seek out people who have done that thing. So if it's youth ministry, there's lots of good youth ministry material out there. But, you know, I think if it's me, I'm going to find somebody who's done a lot of youth ministry and say, can I take you to lunch and pick your brain? And that's going to work to a shocking extent. And you're going to get way better than what you could get out of a book for sure. Uh, but if you if you know what that what your goal is, uh, that will, I think, shape what where you go. So, for example... Um, uh, a lot of pastors uh, that I talk to that want to preach a re- richer sermon will read uh, Lucado, like we were talking mm-hmm. about in the, in the last uh, uh, thing. Lucado, he's owed millions of dollars in royalties on 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 people stealing a sermon. Examples. He's doing fine. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> Bless his heart. Uh, but uh, you know, those kinds of things. I think it's about knowing what you want to do. If you want to be a missionary, mm-hmm. if you want to uh, teach a Sunday school class, all those things. Well, and I think, uh, and I don't want to put words in my mouth, so you can tell me if I'm wrong on this, it may also be about, that can also be areas of life, if you think, you know, mm-hmm. I want to yeah. I want to be more patient or something. Yes. You, yeah. It's great to talk to someone you know who has that, and then mm-hmm. look for resources. As we're saying, it's better to say, I need to work on this, and then go looking for book, sermon, someone to sit down with resources, as right. opposed to just... I will find a Christian thing and then try to plug that into my life. Absolutely. I think I I want to get 95% of my knowledge in that sense not from a book. You know, I want to get that mm-hmm. from the horse's mouth, whoever's really been there. But I think the other side to this question is really, I'm driving in my car and I'm kind of bummed out and I really need something as a pick-me-up, just yeah. an encouraging voice. Speaking of $10 words, exhortation. That, there Ooh. you go, a little exhortation. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff uh, like that out there. Um, I, to be deadly honest with you, and I'm going to promote our own stuff because I actually just think it's really good. But I think the the Bridge Podcast, if you're not, uh, if you listen to this podcast, you're not doing that when you really owe it to yourself to get in there. It's it's cut together so it's like a 20 minute worship service. Uh, we got worship music in there that we uh, do at the Bridge. Uh, you have a sermon from the Bridge. You have a closing song that has a scripture memorization verse to it. I listen to that and in the car for exactly that purpose, just to pick me up and, and that kind of stuff. Every Monday, the Bridge Podcast. Find it on iTunes. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I and uh, the uh, Lee, who's absent from us, I, I'll promote on his behalf uh, his Ancient and New podcast. Similar thing, just solid content. Uh, it does get into some of the head knowledge type stuff that we were talking about in the last question. Uh, but it's 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 a really cool, informal, 
uh, kind of uh, guys around the table talking kind of a thing. And you can get in on that and, and absorb some of that. There's a few seasons up of that of discussing kind of different themes in Scripture. You can yeah. go binge that. Yeah, that's that's what I would do. Absolutely right. And Jed, I think exactly in that con- context that Glenn has given us, obviously we're not looking for uh, books to feed us or sure. grow us in our walk, but there are kind of maybe things we want to work on, or as he was saying with like the Lucado thing, kind of, I really would like to have more of this flavor mm. in what I do. And sure. what are some things you look to for that? Well, I think there, there are three categories that I would encourage you to look at. I'll give you an example in each. So uh, I think it is important to have something that's stretching you, not necessarily that's making you a, a deeper Christian. Cause again, that's more of a lived out thing, but just, you know, it's uh, helping you see things from a different perspective and, you know, uh, and it might be related to work that you're doing. So um, uh, for me at the moment, there's a guy named Abraham Heschel, uh, he has a book called The Prophets. Um, it's about the prophets and his truth and advertising. Uh, and so that's something that I'm reading. It's a, an amazing book. Uh, but in the spirit of Christians can sometimes overdo it with the deep thinking books, you need a certain number of things in your life that just delight you. Mm-hmm. That just, this is just awesome. I'm just, yeah. it, that doesn't need to be a spiritual thing. Uh, yeah. it, you you should enjoy all kinds of things in life. So uh, for me, that's Star Wars. I think Star Ooh. Wars is delightful. I think you should have a steady diet of fantasy stuff in your life. Yeah. It's allegorical and it really gets your head outside of uh, concrete everyday thinking into bigger spiritual things. It's absolutely true. It also should come with a warning. Don't come to the bridge and preach about the Balrog. Yeah, don't yeah, do that. We had a yeah, friend do. do Again, yeah. internalize it. That's right. Then spit it out in a way that applies to the people. Exactly. Now, y'all, the Balrog was an ancient evil from a prior We don't age. have we seven agree. minutes for you to do this. We don't need to know that. But I think the last thing that you need to just circle all the way back to the beginning of this episode is you need a safe place where you can vent and be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, where you can grab a hamburger with someone. I get to do that with Hallie. I get to do that with Glenn. I get to do that with Matt. I get to do that with Pete. Uh, where you can just be, say, these crazy people are driving me crazy. Um, mm-hmm. there, there is no book that can substitute for that. Mm-hmm. Um, there, you know, that's, that has to be done in person. So, um, I need that. Glenn needs that. Matt needs that. You need that. So as much as we want you to have good books in your life and we want you to have things that you can be a fan of in your life, we also want you to have real human being relationships that are an encouragement and real fellowship. Amen. That's absolutely right. I would also add on to that. You do need that, that venting, you do that kind of thing. And while a book, a song cannot do that, there are certain types of media and art that can assist in that sure. if you know whatever it is crank up heavy metal or go and run or whatever there are things that can help in those kind of emotional state things that you need sure. one of the the great complaints that we have about christian music which is why we make a fair amount of our own christian music we've heard other people say is it's all kind of shiny happy and that's not reflective of a real thing and in the same way as you're saying with books you don't want to you don't want to read all of one genre of yeah. christian book most of which is here's the secret to being awesome yep. like pastor mm-hmm. that's yeah. not particularly helpful. And to that point, I will kind of build on what you're saying there. Of, uh, to, I'm going I'm to Bible it here. And this mm. is a verse we oh, normally only reference to make fun of people who are, uh, think this way, but it's true. This is from Titus 1, to the pure, all things are pure. Mm. Mm. So uh, this is probably not what that verse is talking about, but as you're saying with Star Wars, we're talking about those stuff, stuff you dig, like flavor you want to pick up on as you're talking about fancy stuff, especially if you're doing ministry, but even just here and walk, that can be a thing that you can apply elements of yeah. all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, we all around the table do, and I, I do a lot, listen to and watch a lot of stand up comedy mm-hmm. because yeah. it's one guy standing on the stage with a mic interacting with the audience mm-hmm. that has a lot of overlap with what we do. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, the kind of comedy I like has a lot of super dark themes and uh, really <laughs> awful language. So right, right. those can't be direct things, but I can pick out a thing and go, Oh, I love the way he, Yes. You know, ties those two points together. That's so cool. How did he do that? Yeah. And then pull that into something I do. Or you don't have to create a separate sphere of, well, but that's not Christian y stuff. Whatever whatever you're into, whatever you like in this kind of that media diet you feed yourself, there are things about that if it's about human interaction, which it turns out almost everything is. Mm -hmm. Um, You can find things in that that are going to be helpful to you, they're going to be edifying, to use another $10 word to you, that Mm -hmm. kind of builds you up. And we would uh, certainly suggest that don't only look to things that are explicitly marketed as Christian yep. to feed your walk, so you're going to limit yourself away from a lot of cool stuff. All right, we're going to uh, answer some more questions next week. If you have one, see that podcast at gmail.com, thebridgechicago.tumblr.com. We're going to take it out with a song. This is one of our uh, bridge favorites that features quite often on the bridge podcast that Glenn mentioned. This is Jed leading the men and women at the bridge live in a song he wrote called You Have Better. Woot. Fantastic song. We take out that. Thanks for listening to this one. We love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. We'll say that podcast. Book our deluxe Lazarus package today for this year's Halloween party. <laughs>
zone Know how to be happy And I don't Know how to live And I tried What made sense to me But it was all Just counterfeit You have better for me Than I have for myself You were setting up heaven When we deserved hell That are fleeting And I want Things that won't last But you Offer forever A future Instead of a past You have better for me Than I have for myself You were setting up Heaven when we deserve hell You offer me Things that will not be That would kill me And I want What won't fill me up But you Refuse to cheat me With anything less than The gift of your son You have better for me Than I have for myself You were setting up Heaven when we deserve hell You offer me Things that will not be 